Yeah, sounds good. Just keep praying. We'll just um, pray together. So, uh, Jesus, we are excited. Uh, we're excited that uh, you are at work in the world. Uh, we're excited that you're coming back. And we can't wait for that day um, to really see you face to face. Jesus, all this is for you. We just ask that we get to taste uh, the goodness of you right now um, and really commune with you. Um, so, yeah, we just say, speak to us. This May we have hearts that are just uh, eager to hear from you directly. Um, so, yeah, I do pray for those of us that are presenting that you just guide us, uh, even in the moment, what to say for uh, things that you have uh, to say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, cool. Sweet. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Is it good? All right, awesome. So, my name is David, and um, really glad you guys are here. So, it totally feels a little bit like the mission field, because there's uh, just people all over the place. This is awesome. Um, so, Welcome. And um, first off, we're just kind of curious, like, uh, who are you? (laughs) So um, I'm just going to go through a list, and if you can just kind of raise your hand and say, that's me, Um, that sound good? So if you're a dentist or you're, like, wanting to be in dental school, uh, raise that hand. Nice, high, and proud. Sweet. Welcome, welcome. Nice. And then if you are a first-year medical student, First years represent, nice, front row even, good students. Uh, okay, uh, second year medical students, where are you guys? Okay, a little, little in the middle, that makes sense. Um, third, third year med students, all right, we got, yeah, there you go. Okay, fourth years, yeah, nice, about to cover the world. Um, nurses, or in nursing school, woo, yeah, okay, nurse practitioners, anybody, yeah, yeah, there we go, okay, couple, um, PAs, nice, wanting to be in PA school, any others, there we go, I see that hand, um, okay, uh, how about, uh, first year residents, yeah, second year residents, or third, or fourth, or fifth, or sixth, or seventh, or eighth. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alright, how about uh, pre-meds, or pre-PAs? Yeah, there we go, cool. Uh, okay, how about like therapists, or PT, uh, OT, SLP, yeah, sweet, okay. Um, and then, how about recent graduates? Recent graduates, or I graduated, and I'm still kind of curious where to go next, okay. Uh, pharmacists? Sweet, sweet, cool. Okay, and spouses? There we go, yeah, there we yeah. go, that's right, that's right. Okay, cool. Sweet, well we are so glad. And volunteer. And volunteer, yeah! 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 Thank you. 
Awesome. Sweet. So next question is, which are you? So this is a picture that I took uh, when I was an undergrad in Mexico City working and serving as a medical clinic in a garbage dump. And man, it's uh, amazing to think about the people's lives all around the world. Some of them have lives similar to us and some are quite different, right? Um, So yeah, I just saw this picture and just kind of want to ask you like, which one do you feel like right now? Uh, I had this picture on my laptop pretty much all through med school, and uh, I felt so much like the donkey, right? I'm like trudging through the mud, um, pulling all this weight uh, that sometimes just feels like trash. <laughs> and like, what is going on, God? Where? What are you doing in my life? And um, And I felt the Lord say, no, David, you're not the donkey. Um, I'm the donkey. Like, I'm the one that's pulling you. You're the cart. And just hang on, stick in there, and, like, I'm going to bring you through this this tough time. Um, and he did. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, this is just me in undergrad. The Lord called me to carry a cross on campus. And, man, I don't know what the Lord's calling you to do, but do it. Like, he's going to show up in amazing, miraculous ways. And really uh, moving people's hearts. And got to like help bring crews to GMHC. And just such a sweet time, isn't it? Getting to meet with the Lord here and with others. Such a sweet time. So uh, it's me in med school with my beautiful and handsome parents. Um, and then the CMDA chapter, just worshiping Jesus. It's so good to get to really sing his praises even in the midst of tough times. And uh, this is me in residency with uh, different friends, and Lord had me also live in a house with guys in the inner city of our city, and yeah, just uh, really interact with discipleship, even during residency, and that was extremely meaningful for all the guys, and like, man, they're walking with Jesus in really neat ways. It's just amazing to see what God does. Um, again, just doing what he tells us to do, right? And uh, this is now my amazing family. Uh, our little baby walked for the first time yesterday. <laughs> so it's like, oh, she's so wonderful. Um, and so I just love her a lot. Um, okay, cool. So the first thing that I had on my heart was actually just a recent thing this past week that I've been praying through. And Jesus says, enter by the narrow door. Right? For wide is the door that leads to destruction. And many find that, but only few find the narrow door. And so I've just been sitting with that and asking the Lord, what does this mean? Because um, He's like, He calls us to rest. He calls us to come to Him to find rest. And then He says, strive to enter by the narrow door. And I was like, I don't get this. Where does grace fit in? (laughs) Strive? What? I thought it was like cease striving and Psalm 46. And where does us all fit? And I'm sure each of us are having this experience throughout our training. Is like, ah, I know I'm supposed to come to Jesus to find rest. And then there's also all of this burden of, of do this work, do this thing, right? And so, like, where is this work? And so... As I was sitting and meditating that, strive to enter by the narrow door. I felt like the Lord was saying, David, the narrow door is me. I'm the narrow door. And only few find it because 
wide is the other door. You can be whoever you want, and the world will be happy with you, right? Just be you, is what they say. But Jesus says, you only get true rest when you come to me. And you have to strive to enter into, enter into through the narrow door, through relationship with me. And so, now every relationship doesn't feel like striving. It feels, I mean, at parts it does. But it feels like life. And when you're in a relationship, it takes work, but it's life-giving. And so, anyway, so I just felt like the Lord was just inviting each of us into this wrestle with His grace being the means and the power to strive to enter into, enter in through the narrow door. Um, and so, yeah, John 10, if you guys get some time, you can read more of that and process with the Lord. Um, and so, and that kind of led me into Philippians 3, actually, because I think Paul... His wide door was success in being a Pharisee, right? And that is probably the wide door that many of us are tempted to find identity in, tempted to find life, find joy, peace, whatever it is. That if I can be successful in the world's eyes, successful in my parents' eyes, successful in my own eyes, then I can have what I want, right? Uh, But for Paul... It was actually, none of that matters anymore, right? What did he say? Um, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. And so... Man, I think a lot of us are here because we actually know Jesus, and we love Him, and I just really want to know Him more. I want to love Him more, and to know Him uh, is the way to love Him more. And so, I caught an Uber at 1 a.m. yesterday morning uh, to get to the host home, and I got to sit next to a guy named Mahmoud from Darfur, Sudan. Um, It was a really, like war zone and super hard to get into um but the lord gave me the opportunity to like share the gospel with this uber driver for 30 minutes and it was amazing just getting to talk about like the the person who can give you true rest the person that can bring peace even in the midst of a war zone the person that like genuinely loves you and so i just want to say don't ever like Get bored with Jesus, because <laughs> He is amazing, and like knowing Him more is your life. Okay, like yeah, sure you're studying or you're working crazy hours in residency or whatever you're doing. It sounds like your life, but it's not. Jesus is your life, and He cares so much about you, way more than you know, and He really wants to interact with you. And so, uh, so please have a daily quiet time. <laughs> Uh, like, in, let it be quiet enough to actually hear his voice. Uh, read your Bible. <laughs> please, please read your Bible. Like, what is life about without Christ, right? Um, like, don't miss out on him. And so, so yeah, and also just kind of asking the question, like, why Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus? Is it because that's just, like, what your parents did? Is it because that's what all your friends do? Like, why do you follow Jesus? If you can't, like, 
give a genuine heart response to that question, then please take time to really search through the scriptures, read the gospels, and, and decide for yourself, why is it that I follow Jesus? Because um, that's so important. You can't, can't go as a missionary. You're like, what are you trying to do <laughs> to tell others about Jesus if you don't really follow him yourself? Um, so, okay, quick, time management. Uh, one of the most powerful words in the English language. Um, you sent me over here and said you wanted to move your equipment. Uh, I think I'm okay for okay. now, but maybe Jesse wanted... Uh, I think we're okay. Okay. Yeah, thank okay. you so much, ma'am. Um, so... Okay, time management, oh, jeez, right? That sinking feeling. I'm not good at that. Okay, so what's one of the most powerful words in the English language? No. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no. Um, so how can we actually use this word well? It takes... Really asking uh, God, what is the yes? Okay? And knowing that any time that you do say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. Okay? And you got to think about that. And probably, most likely, the thing that's going to go is your time alone with Jesus. Um, just saying it. Okay? And so, uh, anytime you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. Or someone else, per se. Okay? And so really take the time. In every season, you gotta redo you gotta do it again. Ask God, God, what is the yes for this season? And then that allows everything else to be a no. Okay? And so undergrad I, my mentor sat me down and like asked me how many hours I went through all the hours and for whatever reason I happened to be doing like thirty hours of ministry in undergrad, um, which was radical and crazy. Um, but I still, by God's grace, got straight A's, got a good MCAT score, got into med school. And it's not because I'm smart. It's because God really gave me clarity on when to say yes and when to say no. And so I was able to actively be involved in God's kingdom growth, in discipleship, because of the no, um, by God's grace. And so that can be true for you, too. Um, so, Jesus, what do you want me to do right now? There's many times that I always be sitting in my living room, what do you want me to do right now? And Jesus would say, study. <laughs> and so I'd study. And I'd be doing it for him, with him. Isn't that so much better? Um, so, okay, real quick. How could medical school be stress-free? Or residency, whatever. Um, one of my uh, very influential people in my life um, asked me, or told me, med school doesn't have to be stressful. I was like, what? No way! <laughs> totally didn't believe her. It took her like ten times to tell me. Um, and so, and here's why. Medical school does have pressure. Okay? There is pressure, right? Um, there is a bunch of stuff to study, or residency. There's a bunch of stuff to do over a short amount of time. Right? And so just feel the pressure. That's okay. Feel it. Yes, I feel the pressure, okay? But if you guys have taken physics, okay, there's something called stress, and that means the object under pressure changes, right? And so it changes for the worse in this case, okay? So medical school, whatever training you're in, doesn't have to be stressful, although there's pressure. You don't have to change your heart for Jesus, even under pressure, okay? 
Um, so that's um, and really time management is great. It's a good tool, but it doesn't actually help you that much. It's vision. It's seeing what God sees. It's it's seeing what He's wanting to do with your life, through your life, through this um, training that you're in. And so vision is what motivates. Time management is a tool, but vision is really what motivates. So you, you need to spend more time working on your vision and less time working on your time management skills, probably. Okay? Um, so, all right, sweet. So uh, this is just a website. If you want a free PDF, kind of walks through... Um, yeah, undergrad, med school, and residency, and just tips that people, uh, I've learned, other people have learned. Um, it's honestly just good encouragement for even if you're in nursing or whatever you're in. Um, so, okay, today's lineup. You're done with me, but I do come back later. And uh, <laughs> next up, we can, oh, yeah, sure. Um, also, I actually wrote in the resources um, at the bottom of your, pay, your print-off page um, with the questions, there's also a list of resources down there, too. So, all right, cool. So, next up is Miss Liz. And so, yeah, we're excited to have Liz come. Here we go. Can I take this off or no? Oh, I get this. Online. Got it. Thanks. Thanks so much. Okay. Wow, such service. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hi, my name is Liz. Ready to get everybody to hear me okay? Yes. Wonderful. Wow, guys, I just love GMHC so much. Look at all your beautiful faces. This is probably just one of the best conferences all year round. This is my favorite conference all year because you just get to meet so many people that are so inspiring, so encouraging, love the Lord, and are doing amazing things for the kingdom. Just, yeah, just talk to anybody. They're all doing incredible works that just need encouragement to you. So I get the opportunity to talk about original motivation and long-haul stamina. So, oh, okay. So what is God's calling for your life, right? Almost everybody in this room is asking that question. I remember when I was in these seats, when I was in residency, it was my first year here, and I was like going to every single breakout I could find. Like, what is God's will for my life? I must know, right? We're all asking that. And I would venture to say that maybe it's a little bit about vocation, right? I see those people out there, they're like, yes, I went to those breakout sessions. Um, Maybe it's vocation-related, but it's not just vocation-related, right? In and out of your vocation, in and out of your seasons of life, your calling is going to remain the same. And it's a little bit more simple than you might think. So we heard a lot about this earlier this morning, right? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. I would venture to say also our calling is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I know you're like, okay, Liz, that's great. Really sweet teaching, like, churchy answers. But, like, but really, no, this is, it's pretty simple. Like, there's not that much more to it. But what I would encourage you is the Lord also, he speaks to us through his word, right? Makes it very simple, very plain. He also speaks to us through spirit. He speaks to us through our our time in prayer. And so as David was saying, spend time with him. The Lord is not a God of confusion. The Lord is not like, okay, let me just wait until you figure it out. Like, no, he's like, really like, babe, come join me. Come join me in what I'm doing. I want you to be a part of it. So I want to also just 
um, just ask the Lord, right? The first plenary speaker yesterday, um, Dr. Florence, she was wonderful. Think about that picture, right? She talked about that picture that kept bringing her back to that calling of that woman in Ethiopia holding her really malnourished child. So just take 10 seconds, because I only have five minutes total, so you only get 10. So 10, 10 seconds, and just think, what is, what is my, why am I here? Why health care? You can do a lot of other things for the kingdom. Okay, I'll be quiet for 10 seconds. Go ahead. I think it's about 10 seconds. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, there's me, all bushy and bread-eyed, all young and all things, with my also just adorable parents. Um, I... Oh, my, is okay? Okay. Um, I, this is my picture from medical school, mainly because my graduation picture from high school is like pre-iPhones and all those things, and who knows where that picture is at. Um, but um, I remember when I was, I came to know Jesus when I was pretty young, and um, in high school, I was just asking the Lord, like, I didn't know what the Lord had done for me. I didn't necessarily have a picture in my mind, like Dr. Florence did yesterday, but I knew the, like, freedom and the joy that the Lord had given me, and I was like, oh, I just have to tell everybody about Jesus, because what he has done for me, my life is just so different than before when I knew him, even at that young age. And so I was like, great, I'm just going to go talk to, talk about people, talk to people about him. And the Lord was like, that's sweet, babe, but maybe, like, bring a skill. I don't know. Bring something that can actually, actually help people and do something for their lives other than just hearing you talk. Right? Talk, talk can be cheap. So bring a skill. So I was like, oh, well, okay, sure. So I, I sheepishly admit that it was, like, through a commercial, whatever. It's kind of – anyway, there was this moment. There was a like, commercial. It was this beautiful thing. This doctor was, like – or this, this doctor was going, traveling all these different places – like focusing in on this briefcase, where is he going, what's in the briefcase, and then as soon as he gets to this like really small area in a really underserved rural community, he opens the briefcase and it's medical supplies. And I remember in high school being like, that's it, Lord, that's how you can bring the gospel to the nations, not knowing that like medical missions have been going on for like hundreds of years before me. <laughs> like I really thought the Lord had given me this revelation about medical missions to little old Liz Redekin. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to tell people about this. Yeah, people knew. But I got to be a part of it, and it was great. It's been lovely. So I will tell you, though, medicine has, like, there's been a little bit of a love-hate relationship with me and medicine. Maybe, like, a little bit more hate-hate. Science was never my favorite. Science was my least favorite subject in, in all of training. And so when I went to college, I studied Bible, because that's really what I do. Remember, I wanted to do missions, and, like, medicine was the avenue to get there. Um, and, but I, um, God was kind. I'm by no means a martyr by any stretch of the imagination. It's been a sweet journey. Um, but so I just imagined that um, this is what I would do when I finish residency. So I would work maybe like in underserved area and um, countries that were really poor and I didn't know, as they talked about this morning, right, didn't know about the gospel, had never heard about Jesus, um, and had the opportunities to do a lot of really wonderful um, work with some long-term just dear friends that are working long-term um, in various parts of the world and join them. This is kind of what I imagined my office to be, and just, like, pretty, um, not a lot of resources, what I anticipated. Um, <laughs> so I went to residency, did an OB fellowship after that. I'm a family medicine doc trained. Sorry, I didn't tell you any of that. So let me back up. I'm a family medicine trained doctor. I work in the inner city of Chicago at Londo Christian Health Center. I'll get a little bit more about what I currently do now. But um, I, so I went, um, 
I, after residency, I did an OB fellowship to get a little bit more training in high-risk OB, um, do C-sections, et cetera, because those are skills are needed, right? And then I went after fellowship and worked at Longville Christian Health Center, and um, they, I remember being there just a couple of months, and the Lord was like, babe, don't rush. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, 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 yeah. I know, I need to, like, raise funds. I need to, like, figure out who, what people grew up going to go to. Great. Well, I waited a year. I didn't rush. And then about a year later, the Lord was like, wait, just wait. And I was like... <laughs> It's been a year already. Um, I, this is where I was working at Londo Christian Health Center. It was in the inner, it's in the inner city of Chicago, like on the west side. Um, started back in the 80s, has been taking care of just the poor in the Chicago for yeah the last 40 years. It's been a real sweet privilege. Um, along those lines, along those years, as I was waiting and continued, as the Lord continued to tell me to wait, He kept bringing up this idea of a residency program. And unknown beknownst to me, there is rumors talking about a residency program starting at Lawndale. And lo and behold, the conversation started in 2017. There's lots of sweet things about the details, but now we have a residency program that just started five months ago. <laughs> Glory to God. Been in the works for years and years. Um, I say all of that because I want to brag on the Lord because it's just super exciting. We're super grateful, and it's been a long time coming. Um, but also that the mission hasn't changed. Right? Even though I'm maybe not working in those really under-resourced areas, the mission is still the same. I'm going to read it again, not to be redundant, but because it's really important. So go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. I've had really sweet opportunities and privileges to speak into the lives of my patients in Chicago, to give them freedom that they didn't know about through Christ. Where I live and work, a lot of men don't get past the age of 25 because they're either going to be in jail or shot. And have had opportunities to share with them, like, you don't need to just zone out on weed. You can have Jesus that can give you life and give him abundantly. After the end of that conversation, I remember that 21-year-old I went to go shake his hand. We had a sweet moment, and he was like, no. And he just put his arms open, and it's like, oh, sure. It was just like a wonderful, like, and that's just one story of many and many, and again, nothing of myself, but truly just the kindness of the Lord that I get to be a part of it. So we have the opportunity, right, to speak of God's joy, that is our strength, to speak of his peace that just surpasses all understanding and the freedom that he gives. No matter where we do it, in your training now, your colleagues, your classmates, do not know Jesus. Talk to them now. They need to know. Oops, wrong button. Got real passionate. <laughs> um, it's really important. So the reality is, though, it's kind of hard, right? It's hard. It's not an easy task. It's easy on paper, sure. But let's be real, it's hard to live it out, because also, in training, you're sometimes just too tired to eat, too hungry to sleep. Let's be real, right? <laughs> let's be real. I remember in um, residency, I was like, Lord, I'm like not passionate about missions at all anymore. And I was like, what is happening to me? And the Lord was like, babe, because you are just, well, keep pushing the book. He's like, because you're just like... All you're passionate about is a nap and a good meal. And I was like, you're right. That's all I want right now. I'm so tired, Lord. Um, but also think about the fact that, like, this is about being a doctor, but insert your profession, whatever it is, right? This is what we, this is what people see. They see, like, the tip of the iceberg, and it's like, oh, this beautiful success. Oh, my gosh, you're doing such amazing things. But underneath that is just miserable. <laughs> it's just miserable. It's disappointment. It's hard work. A lot of late nights. Um, 
It's a lot of sacrifices. People don't see that, but you do, and you live in that, right? And let's also talk about the fact the patients that we care for, whatever discipline you're in, as an RN, as a PA, as an OT, as a PT, they're not coming to you because they feel amazing. Like, none of them are. They're experiencing some sort of pain, whether it's physical pain, whether it's emotional pain, whether it's the enslavement of addiction, whether it's violence that they experience on a day-to-day basis. That's why they're coming to you. We have this thing that we talk about at Lawndale um, that we're intentional to try to live in the communities that we serve. Not like dogmatic about it, but we talk about being proximate to the pain. And when you're proximate to the pain, you're really close to the brokenness. It's really hard to be around the brokenness all the time and not let it affect you. Jesus says in John 1.14, I came down, I'm, the word became flesh and came down and dwelt among us, right? In the message version, I really love it. It says, the word became flesh and he moved into your neighborhood. Right? It's just like, move into the neighborhoods of the pain. Be present in it. You don't always have to fix it, just sit in it. But I, I bring all this up because like, yeah, like you're like, okay, great, Liz, awesome. It's going to be hard. Great. Now what? Like, how do we stay? How do we stay in this? And so I just encourage you, it's not rocket science again. Just, like, remember your source. Remember who is the source of who is, what he has called you to do. And remember that in ways, as David talked about, be in your word. It is truly the bread of life. Be around people that are on the same mission, that are walking that walk with you, that can encourage you because you're going to have hard days. They are going to have hard days where you can encourage them. Pray for one another. It's super important to, in order to, to run this race, like just to remember who's giving you the, the strength and the stamina to do it. John 15.5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing, guys. Nothing. And he's also, you know, saying your word because he's super encouraging. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due time, we will, for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. The last thing, this is how I'm going to end, because I think I'm way more time. Um, but this is a really, oh, I'm so tangled, sorry. I just walked too much. Okay. Um, this is a really sweet picture of my dad and my niece, Millie. Um, so his, grand, his granddaughter. And the Lord had shown me a couple years ago, I was a couple years out of training. So, sorry, spoiler alert, after your training years, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> like, as an attending, like, there's also no longer work hour restrictions. It's, and like, you just have other things that come up. So, like, as David said, make good habits now. Make those disciplines now, because they will sustain you. So, I want to end this with, with this picture, though. Um, in that season, I was really struggling with striving and trying to figure out, thank you, David, you really ministered to my soul with your, your um, point this morning, but really trying to figure out this striving thing of like, oh, God, how do I, uh, I, I feel like I'm always doing too much and people tell me I need rest, but then I'm like doing nothing for the kingdom, all the things, right? But the Lord was just so kind to me and reminding me, sweetheart, like, I just, I just want you around. Like, I don't. I'm the missional God. It's not you. It wasn't your idea. It never was. I also don't need you, right? Like, inevitably, whenever we have younger kids around with us, my dad is a carpenter by trade, mechanic, just everything handy. My mom is like the immaculate baker, cooker, like just all the things. And they love having their grandchildren around with them. But inevitably, it makes it messier. It takes a lot longer. And it's just like, yeah, it's just a hot mess when they're around, right? But my, my parents love it when they do it with them. Because 
Let us enjoy their company. And if you hear nothing else from me this morning, I encourage you, let your ministry flow out of your intimacy with him. Just spend time with him because he loves you and he just wants to be with you. And the beautiful thing about our Lord is the end result is as you're spending time with him, you become imitators of him. That's who you become. And it will just naturally flow. There are traits in my nieces and nephews that my parents have. And it's not because they were trying to look like my parents. It's because they just spent time with him. Thank you so much. Next up. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to sit and just hold this? Yes. You got it. Next up for your listening pleasure is Ms. Ellie. Can everyone hear me? Awesome. Hi, my name is Ellie Heidenreich. I am, first off, a daughter of King Jesus. Um, Secondly, I'm a nurse that lives and works in Chicago for about two years at two different trauma centers. Um, I just want to start off by saying the Lord isn't able to enable you to do a lot more than what you think. Um, And I think that has kind of been spoken um, already a little bit, but also he's the one that refreshes you, he's the one that teaches you, and he's the one that um, allows you to do these things that we are doing right now for him, right? Um, It's actually my third time to GMHC. I love being here. Thanks, David, for this opportunity to share. I also just want to say thank you all for taking steps in obedience to follow the Lord to hard places. Because he is the one calling you. Um, This morning, I was asked to talk about the need versus continuing education. I guess I can go to the next slide. Um, And I don't know if anyone has ever, like... Been exposed to the need, COVID's happening, Ebola is happening. You're like, Lord, I'm done with school. Just, <laughs> um, I don't know if any of you felt that. Like, why am I sitting here studying when there's such major needs around me? I could be hands and feet of Jesus doing these things, but the Lord is calling me to sit here and study. Um, I don't think it's necessarily one or the other, but I think actually what this conversation is beginning to um, beginning and helping us to see is that we can do both. Um, we can continue our education and follow the Lord in obedience to that, like finishing our degrees. A lot of these far-off countries don't allow us in there unless you complete your degree. Sometimes you need to finish with certain um, extra certifications and things like that. So that is a step of obedience and really could be where the Lord is leading you. But also, maybe the Lord is leading you um, in education to address the need with him out of obedience. So that's my main point for this morning. I'm sitting down because I feel like I'm just the same as you, following the Lord, trying to learn together, Um, no better, no worse. Um, And I guess just with the need, I don't know, again, if you are, like, exposed to the news, even with your patients. I know for for me sometimes being exposed to some of their their things or hearing their stories, it leads you to a place of being overwhelmed um, and maybe even paralyzed, like, I can't do anything. Um, So that's one end or the other end. Maybe it's literally taking matters into your own hands and being like, Lord, I'm going to do all these things for you. I'm going to bring these works before you um, and and yeah, serve you in that way. But I think in my argument again today, maybe the Lord's way is better. Maybe he wants us to go address that need out of obedience to him. Obedience to complete your degree, obedience to complete your certifications um, an idea that, and verse that has really been comforting to me, we'll talk about Micah 6.8 as well a little later in this presentation, but a different verse that um, stuck out to me in nursing school is from 1 Samuel 15.22. 
Um, it's right after Saul is trying to like please the Lord by doing putting the sacrifice before Samuel the um, the prophet comes, and Samuel rebukes him, and Samuel says, and Samuel said, verse 22. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? That's a question. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. Um, so again, maybe it, a little bit of my story will be an encouragement to you in ways that I felt like the Lord has led me to walk in obedience, to address some of those needs while I was in school. Um, I was actually born and raised in Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world. Um, with that, saw a lot of tangible needs, saw a lot of spiritual brokenness. Um, sometimes that was like palpable in the places I was in. Um, and it really propelled me to begin to like ask the Lord for opportunities. How um, amidst that, can I follow you to address some of these, these massive needs around me, both spiritual and medical needs? Uh, my senior year of high school, I was able to shadow a mission hospital. And I was able to see, like, the impact of a small mission hospital into the communities around. And it was just so cool to see that. I was like, maybe medicine's for me. Um, I was really, really far in Indonesia from any schools. wasn't able to visit any colleges. Um, but by God's grace, got into Wheaton College. I started off my nursing degree there. Um, and, again, the Lord, like, provided. My family didn't have a lot of money. I think it was, like, my parents had saved up, like, $7,000 at the beginning of my college. And, like, all right, figure it out. Like, um, but the Lord just is, is faithful in that. Um, so I started at Wheaton and then felt like I needed to pursue nursing. They didn't have a nursing degree at that time. I dropped out and went to community college for three semesters, pursued my um, like nursing prerequisites, and then finished off at Elmhurst University for nursing and got my bachelor's in that. Um, again, I just think that you can live a holistic life. I, my time in community college was actually amazing. I loved having the opportunities to meet kids from around the world, studying these classes, studying these really hard things, pursuing education, but also addressing the needs out of obedience, being like, I have classmates who don't know the Lord, and I can like listen to the Lord and try to speak of him in these, like, in these areas. I also think in school is really helpful for me. Um, I worked in a nursing home in a hospital. Again, like, able to learn in school and then be in a hospital or nursing home and address um, just with the Lord and be like, I will be your hands and feet here and speak of you in these environments. Um, As I think some of the needs and some of the brokenness we see are right there in front of us with our patients. I also want to talk, I I have been on two month-long medical missions trip to Kenya, um, partnering with a life, with a ministry center, Lifeway Mission International. Um, able to join medical camps traveling up north in the area or in the country to under-resourced and under, um, unreached, under-resourced areas medically as well as unreached people groups. Um, and it was so hard to see the dire situations of so many people there, like amidst drought and their challenges. The need was great, but it was also so beautiful to partner with a ministry that focused on like following up and caring for their needs long after our short-term team had gone. So, again, I saw such need, but also saw how the Lord wasn't inviting people to respond to the need because they were capable, but because um, he's inviting us to respond out of obedience and hearing his voice. Um, I'm still taking steps forward to pursue a life of medical missions, a part of a goer cohort. They'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, But just want to end on the note of, like, I think we underestimate prayer as well. Um, I, I know, like, looking at the needs, hearing the news, we don't think that, 
I don't know. We just think that prayer is not doing anything. But I think maybe the Lord, like, maybe we have not because we ask not. Um, and maybe the Lord is inviting us to pray for our future, like, neighbors in heaven that we don't know yet, but they will be there. Um, and I just think it's such an opportunity to intercede for them as well. So if you're n- nothing else of what I've said, it's to, to still yourself and to, um, to obey the Lord as opposed to just follow, um, follow on your own doing things for your own works for the Lord or being overwhelmed. Like, let the Lord lead you and hear his still small voice. Thank you. because, you know, it's dreary outside. And then when you sit down, take out your camera phones, and if you want to take a photo of this, what is this called? QR code. I'm old, so technology is different for me. I will stay here. Yeah. If you are in the back and you don't have, can you hear me? If you are in the back and you can't, and your camera can't reach it, the anybody have terrible Wi-Fi in this building, or you can't not getting your messages? Um, at the end, all you have to remember is cchf.org. If so, if you can't do that, go to cchf.org. Go to the resident student page. You'll find my face, and then you can contact me that way. So have a seat. Um, the, what that QR code is, is all the stuff you're hearing today, um, we can get you the practical resources of, okay, I'm called to do all these things. How do I live that out? And that is my job. My name is Jesse Thomas. I'm the National Director for Programming for Students and Residents at Christian Community Health Fellowship. What is CCHF? Well, we envision a movement of God's people who choose daily to promote healing in marginalized communities in the name of Jesus. So as you think about your career, whichever path you're going down, uh, raise your hands again if you're undergrad, undergrads here. Yeah, so a lot of you are like, I don't know, Jesus. Like, there's so many choices. Whatever your career is, business, IT, engineering, law, like, health care needs those careers too. It's not just the medical provider. So don't feel like medical missions is the number one way to serve Jesus. Like, mm, there's lots of ways to serve Jesus, and you can, in medical missions, still do different things like that. So as you think about your career, you need to think of yourself as a follower of Jesus first, before your identity as a healthcare provider. So let's think about Jesus. How did Jesus take care of those experiencing poverty, and those lacking access to resources because of their race, their religion, their gender, their history, their geographic location, etc., etc. What did Jesus do? Jesus did not care about their background. He took care of them. He was known for his extravagant love. He was known for being unfair, meaning people who didn't deserve good things. He took care of them too and loved them too. When the Jews saw that he was taking care of Gentiles, people who were poor, those suffering the consequences of their bad choices, people of all different races, those who were disgraced, 
who had bad reputations, and even women and children. He didn't just take care of them. He stopped, he noticed them, he talked to them, he listened to them, and he loved them. So let's think about that. If that is how Jesus modeled love and care, what are the implications for you as a follower of Jesus? Let's look at these two verses. Uh, Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. That's Mark 16, 24. In Galatians 2, 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. So if you are serious about your belief in Jesus, and I know all of you are at different places spiritually as well. And that's kind of the whole Christian journey, is we're all going to be at different places of our spiritual growth. So if all of you are not feeling like, I am like this with Jesus, you are not alone, and it's every one of us goes through those seasons. But if you're serious about wanting to pursue Jesus, and you're convinced of his love for you, and you have a desire to follow him, it means that you are called to live a sacrificial life. Uh, This is a picture of John Perkins. We call him Papa John. Um, John Perkins, if you've heard of Martin Luther King Jr., at the same time period, was John Perkins. Um, uh, He's written many, many books. The book that you need to read is Let Justice Roll. Um, In the book, he talks about the miserable health conditions um, because of inequality, because it's a black community in Mississippi. He saw his brother die because he was standing in the wrong line at the movie theater and he was shot by a police officer and there was no access to health care to save his life and so he died. So his parents sent him to California from Mississippi and said, this is not the place for you. It is unfair here. So he went to California, grew up, got a job, got a wife, and then felt like God was saying, come back to Mississippi. And by this time he made connections so that he knew people in healthcare and said, would you come and start a clinic in this area because... The way we look, we're not getting access to health care. So that is the roots of this movement called Christian Community Health Fellowship. Forty years later, we are challenging students in CCHF to follow the principles that John Perkins taught. So my, my computer's up. I'm good. Um, something is called, that he has done is called the three R's, three values. Recon, in the tiny print. Relocation, reconciliation, and redistribution. There's actually a bunch of ours that were added. But what Liz was talking about, moving into the neighborhood and the Lawndale community, most of our clinics have people that are close to the pain because they live in the community where they serve. So the question for you is, will you relocate if that's what God's calling you to serve his people? Reconciliation, are you willing to be the bridge for people who don't look like you, don't make the money that you do, don't shop where you shop? Are you willing to be the bridge by being part of that community? Redistribution of wealth and resources, are you willing to not make as much money as you deserve as a healthcare professional so that others might have resources so they can just simply live? So, he has shown you what is good and what the Lord has required of you to do justice to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God, Micah 6, 8. When I see the words do justice here, he's talking to us because there is a void and Christians were meant to fill that void. So, 
CCHF has so many resources, no matter where you are in your stage of training. And if you haven't heard yet, you're not supposed to wait till you graduate to start doing missions. So if you can see, this is on that website I was telling you, if you go in the student tab. Um, there are opportunities, if you're an undergrad, for volunteering to get ready for your gap year, to do a summer program, to do a spring break. If you're in med school, PA school, nurse practitioner school, we have rotations at our clinics that are all – to be a CCHF clinic, you have to be serving in an under-resourced community in the name of Jesus. So we have resources for that. If you are dental um, – and graduating dental school, there's a dental residency program, and we're going to have a small group with some of those um, residents that you can actually train in this area. Um, what I'm trying to call you to do is look for purposeful ways to use your time. You don't have that much free time, so whatever time you have. If you're going to be finishing your first year of med school this year, we have summer programs um, where you can spend one month in an underserved community um, in like four different cities around the country where you can learn what it means to be incarnational. Um, wh when you're driving anywhere, we have podcasts where you can listen to the stories of people who do this kind of work. Every minute can be used purposefully. Um, a few years ago at GMHC, I think this is my 17th GMHC. I was like thinking of the numbers, and I was like, that's kind of crazy. Um, so if somebody had said, if the gospel is useful for export – then it's useful now. So if you have this concept, I'm going to go, well, it's useful now then as well. So if you don't know how to have spiritual conversations now, you're like, uh, I don't exactly know what to say. Um, there are books, there are podcasts, there are classes you can take. Just email me and I will tell you um, the resources that might be around you. But a lot of these programs train you in doing that. Learn from mentoring moments. Some people are like, oh, I wish I had a mentor. The truth of the, fa the, truth of the matter is, there's probably nobody in your life that's going to have coffee with you every week and talk about your life and listen to you. But what I have found is that God has placed people. I've, so I, we planted a church in Appalachia where my husband serves as a family medicine doctor. He's over there. Say hello. We met at our band admissions conference. It's a lovely story. So at, um, we've had college students who have come up to us who I have not met every week. Maybe I talked to once a year. They were on the fringes of faith. And they have graduated and come back and said, I'm so thankful you mentored me when I was a college student. I'm like, girl, you never showed up when I told you to come and meet me because you were afraid to, like, share your stuff. But now they have that emotional feeling that they were spiritually poured into, and they were tiny moments. So for you all, God doesn't need somebody to be in your life every single week to be a mentor to you. I highly encourage you to go to that exhibit hall, no matter how intimidating it might feel. It's like, oh, my word, there's so many uh, exhibits. People are here because they want to pour into you. So when you now or later or as you're walking because Jesus is with you, ask Jesus for those divine appointments. Like, God, who do you want me to run into to have the conversation that is a catalytic moment for me? And I guarantee before you leave this conference, it's going to happen. And when I talk to students, we have an annual conference. They're like, you'll never guess. I was in the elevator, and I talked to this person, and they are in charge of this ministry in the exact town where I know nobody, where I'm starting my residency. I'm like, I don't know why you're surprised, because that is how <laughs> Jesus works. That's what Jesus meant when he said, walk with me, because I am here, and I'm talking to you, and you're like, so, if you get nothing, everybody say, if you get nothing at all from what I'm saying, Jesus is wanting to walk with you and carry you through all this. So ask him for those moments. 
Um, last one. Overseas versus domestic. A lot of people are like, I don't know where this goes. We are all part of the whole globe, people. United States is on the globe. This is global emissions. But if you're like, no, no, I mean like an unreached people group. Did you know since 1980 there have been 3.1 million refugees coming to the U.S., and most of them are not Christian. So even if you know God has called me to Afghanistan, you know how many Afghanis are in America right now? Are you fluent in Pashtun yet? Are you, like, living amongst people? Do you have an Afghani friend? There are so many opportunities between now and the time you land on that dirt to actually train to be fully used by Jesus. So make use of those opportunities. Um, as you're praying about your specialty, especially if you're an undergrad, if you are willing to do whatever is asked, um, are you willing to die to the dream of, I want to be a pediatrician because I love children, and I've always dreamed of being a pediatrician? Maybe, but are you willing to pray and ask God, okay, I'm ready, send me, Lord, wherever you want me to do? Would you seriously pray about primary care? This includes psychiatry. This includes uh, internal medicine, pe- uh, pediatrics, OB-GYN, um, especially all you psych majors, if you're like, I don't know what to do, please be a psychiatrist and come to rural America because people are emotionally dying. And then the opioid crisis, if there was like not, if they didn't need to cope, like you could be there. So every single one of you has a purpose um, that can be used in this kingdom. And the reason I say uh, a call to primary care, that's where the biggest shortage is. If you don't understand what I mean, look at these maps. And the darkest colors are where the shortages are. So if there's even a slight green, there's a shortage, and the darker it is, that's where it is. So that's primary care. But some of you are like, well, I don't know if God's calling me to primary care. Okay, then, mental health. (laughs) Are you shocked that this is the mental health? No. This is how badly we need mental health professionals. Okay, some of you are like, "Uh, I don't like, like, bodies. I like teeth. Bam. Okay. If you are going into dentistry or you don't know, my brother was pre-med. I'm Indian. Like it's an Indian thing that everybody goes pre-med except for me. I went to advertising. Hello. And so um, my brother, after his first year, he's like, you know what? I just like teeth. There you go. If you like teeth, we have a place for you. So lastly, I want to talk about debt, stewardship, and sacrifice. Look at all these brands. For those of you who can't see, in the back, just name any fancy car brand, luxury car brand. Maserati, Tesla, Porsche. Okay. What do these brands and those brands have in common? So, I can tell you, this might be painful, if your desire is to make enough money to afford any of these things, If that's your focus or goal, your patience become a means to this end. Everyone needs a car. Everyone needs clothes. Everyone needs a restful vacation. I'm not telling you, like, don't go on vacation. But we need to be good stewards of what God has given us. In these training years, you may have goals for your education. But how can you make every effort to keep down your living costs? so that you don't incur more debt. I don't know if you know, but when you go to this mission hall and you're like, I want to be a missionary overseas, every one of them will tell you, you cannot go overseas if you have debt. 
And I can't tell you how many people are not overseas because they never paid off their debt. So we know school is expensive, which is why there's means for loan repayment. If you do not know about NHSC, National Health Service Corps, look it up, go to primary care, and get your education completely paid for. Um, there's a Christian organization, I think they're in the hall, MedSend. They will take over your loans when you go overseas. So one of the things they ask you is, how's your debt? How's your credit card debt? If you're not paying off your credit card every month, that should be your first goal because it is a witness to Jesus that you are not spending more than what he has already given you. But, the other, so the other thing is, you know, okay, so you graduate, now you have real estate. What can you do to live a simple lifestyle so others can simply live? When you have a simple lifestyle, if you have more stuff, you have to clean the stuff, you have to get, uh, you know, make sure the stuff is, like, shiny and new and all in working order. If you have less stuff, you have more freedom. So think about all of this holistically because it's about the choices you make but the freedoms that come with it. That's all I have for you. I'm known for being practical, and uh, I love my favorite part of this job is getting to know you all we have a bunch of resources at noon. We have an overflowing seminar um, that's going to be upstairs at the worship center if you want to come join us. Otherwise, come to our booth because there's more room there um, at CCHF. And I can tell you about all these resources. Thank you so much for listening. If you feel convicted, that ain't me. That's the Holy Spirit, so you should listen to him. <laughs> Encouraged by the CCHF uh, community and just being being a part of it as what the Lord is um, doing right here where we are. Um, even for those of us that yeah are feeling led to go to these unreached people groups and learn language, all that mess. Um, like like myself, um, it's a really sweet time uh, while we are in America. So. Okay, sweet. So last session, last section of the session before our breakout rooms, okay? Um, breakout rooms. Zoom has changed my life. Sorry. <laughs> before our uh, breakout groups. So, sweet. So here we go. Um, so vision for your, your next steps to the nation. So I know not everyone in this room is going to go long term to the unreached or other places of the earth, right? Um, many of us probably will go short term if we haven't yet. Um, but I just want to ask, like, is the Lord calling you to that long-term um, uh, steps or short-term or whatever it is? And, um, and how can we try to help you in that process even a little bit now? Um, as you're in training, be thinking long-term, what is that vision? And we've been talking about them. So, okay, cool. Obviously, this is a great verse, right? But there's more. So there's a lot more. There's a lot more. Okay? So check it out. There's more than 1,600 scriptures throughout the Bible that talk about God's passion to be praised by all peoples. And so uh, this is just a little diagram that uh, I actually stole from Rick Donlin. Um, and this just shows the connections of the scriptures. And so the white line is Psalm 119, the longest chapter. And then just amazing. But wow. Matthew twenty four fourteen, Jesus is saying, in this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world, at, or as a testimony, to, to all nations, 
Um, and then the end will come, as we were hearing this morning, right? Um, so, man, do you want to be in on that? Do you want to be in on sharing this amazing news, good news of Jesus? Uh, the one and only one way to the Father? And so, uh, into true rest. Uh, so, I definitely do. Um, and so, why missions? That's why. Because God is a glory, a, a glorified God, and He will receive glory throughout, throughout eternity, through the nations. And then why you? So, there's different roles, right? How can they believe unless someone goes and talks to them? And, and, and then how can someone go and preach unless they're sent? Um, and so, five roles in missions, okay? So, there's the prayer warrior. And, uh, man, if you're not on a weekly prayer team, I encourage it. Uh, there's a group of us that pray like 30 minutes once a week. And it's just a blessing to get to actually pray for these peoples that don't have access to the gospel yet. Or have very little access. And so, yeah, so that's something any of us can do. Um, and then you can send. Obviously, probably a lot of us in this room don't have much money. But uh, we can send. Uh, even just like, I would just send people sometimes five bucks a month. <laughs> and I uh, just like to put my heart into what God's doing among them. And you can welcome, Jesse's mentioned all the national or internationals here, and you can go and you can be a mobilizer. And so I just wanted you to kind of interact with these things. Um, this is from perspectives and these five roles, like what is perhaps the main role that God has for you for this season? Maybe the roles change, you know? Um, and so for me, it's kind of really going through those five roles. And so... So here are just some one paths to the same destination. And they're kind of intense. Um, so uh, if you're going to be a full-time prayer warrior, I mean, those people are crazy. It's been like 40 hours plus just praying. Isn't that amazing? Um, like really gifted. So uh, go where you can go and perhaps be martyred. Praise God. Salvation for all nations. Uh, you can send. And this is the key thing here is that you love Jesus so much that you want to see what he's doing among the nations, right? It's not the cop-out, okay? It's not the, I don't really want to go, so I'll just send money, all right? That's not what God is after at all, okay? He wants us to be passionate in love with Him. And then mobilize. And so there's, I mean, a whole lot of people at this conference, they're mobilizers. They are helping people like us get, get to the nations. Um, and so, cool. You guys probably heard about that. I'm just going to zoom through this real fast, okay? Um, so you're not like, I wasn't planning on sharing all the juicy stories, even though there's a lot. Um, but I want you to think about during your vacation times, during your one-month rotations, during those little gaps of time that you have, you get to go if you want to. It's there. There's so many people that are going to give you money. Don't let that stop you, for sure. And, like, you have these amazing opportunities. So I've gotten to take a team down to Mexico five times, and it's been a blast getting to go into the mountains, into this unreached region where they don't even speak Spanish, a lot of the people. Um, and so that's been a great thing. So you could do that. You could get a group of friends and go. Um, I got to spend two months in Nigeria uh, in between undergrad and med school. And, man, super neat to get to share. I got to learn Spanish in Venezuela for the summer between M1 and M2. Uh, India, God's doing crazy stuff with church planting, multiplication, disciple-making movement stuff. And so, yeah, that was a blast. I can't remember what story I was sharing. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I've been able to go to Jordan as well and just uh, really see what the Lord's up to there and even start learning some language. The same for Egypt. 
Egypt. And, man, there's just so many neat opportunities. And, obviously, we love the adventure parts. But, like, get to know the people as much as you can. Be in their homes as much as possible. Get to know the long-term workers there and ask good questions. Um, man, it just keeps going. So, sorry. <laughs> I don't have enough time to share all the stories here. Um, but there is an invite for you all. And that's to Priority 15. Who's heard of Priority 15? Some of us? Okay, sweet. So for the rest of you, here's your chance. Um, This is a group of mostly medical people. And we are just passionate for Jesus to be praised by all peoples. And not, you know, go and make disciples of some of the nations? No. Go and make disciples of all nations. And so we've picked out 15 really hard places. I'm talking like Sahara Desert and like Middle East and like, you know, Chinese minorities, super hard to get in China right now. Like tough places that you really need um, God's grace to open the door, but also good strategy as well as a team to go with. Because um, you're totally going to burn out if you go by yourself. And so Priority 15 is a, a, a community now that we just want to get to know each other, pray for one another. Um, we have like eight prayer teams that are actually praying for the teams that have been sent from Priority 15 the past nine years. And so, uh, yeah, so if you're eager, you're like, man, the Lord is calling me to go long term. I want to connect with others in a more intimate weekend. Uh, there's like two, 200 of us uh, that come. Uh, this, is, this is for you, okay? And so you feel free to sign up. Uh, there's the link. And um, yeah, love to have you. We'll be in my home city this year. So I'm very excited to, to get to see what God's doing. And then this one is even more specific for those that like are within the five-year time frame uh, that want to prepare with others. And maybe they are don't have a community that they can be a part of. Um, so, oh no! Oh, there we go. Okay, yay, it's working. Um, so, yeah, we meet on Zoom every two hour or for two hours every two months, and then uh, and we hear from active field workers or people that have field experience, we can ask them questions. So it's called the Goer Cohort. So it's for those that know the Lord's calling them to be a goer to the unreached, and they just want to learn more in community and stay on track and start doing the preparation steps uh, while they're in their training often. And so this actually started out of GMHC, and it's been an awesome thing. We've always blessed it. We've been going strong for two years now. And we also memorize a scripture every other month, and we practice sharing Jesus stories. And it's just a sweet time to like kind of get discipled in that unique way of, of preparing to go long term. And so, yeah, and people come from all the different orgs and help out, and it's just a sweet time. But it's mostly a group of us, uh, virtually, uh, of GMHC people. And so it's so fun. We have, like, a host home. We're all staying in the same huge house right now. It's just a blast. And so, anyway, so that could be you next year. Um, but if the Lord's putting that on your heart, you can email goercohort at gmail.com. Uh, so... Sweet. All right. We are making really good time. And here's the resources. They're also printed on your sheet. Um, so does anybody not have a sheet of the dis- uh, discussion questions? Okay. So keep your hands raised. And those that have sheets, um, we'll try to get them to you. Okay. Um, so I'm going to work on that. Oh, there's... Uh